Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your hosts are Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends and family with the resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here are your hosts, Sharon and Becky. Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. My name is Becky Olson. I'm a four-time, 22-year survivor of advanced stage breast cancer. I'm also a motivational speaker, speaker mentor, and the published author of The Hat That Saved My Life. And hi, I'm Sharon Hennepin. I'm a certified life coach, 24-year survivor, and the author of my book, Thriving Beyond Cancer. We're also the co-founders of Breast Friends. So this morning, what I'm going to do is talk a little bit about um, my morning walks, which is kind of interesting because I had this thought and then realized, oh, we're talking about exercise after cancer. So how appropriate. So um, it was interesting because um, my husband and I, uh, you try to walk in the morning and it's amazing how much better I am getting my bottom off the couch (laughs) in the morning that I, you know, don't get too involved in something else. And it gets to a certain time in the morning and I'm like, okay, are we going to walk today? And having that accountability partner, it's amazing, you know, because on those days I'm like, oh, please say no (laughs) because it's raining or whatever. I'm just being lazy. Uh, He'll go, yeah, yeah, let's go walk. And so it kind of gets me motivated. And same thing with him. He gets busy in the morning and then all of a sudden I'm like, are we going to walk? Oh, oh yeah, let's go walk. So anyway, uh, I just wanted to make make that comment. And then also, it's amazing what conversation we have on those walks. We talk about all sorts of crazy things. We just moved into a new place, and oh my goodness, there's so much to think about and talk about. And and so it's it's nice, but also you don't have to talk. You can kind of be in your own thoughts, even though you're with somebody. But they got you out there. <laughs> That's true. And, you know, there's like, there's just nothing else going on in your brain at that time, which so it just makes it's a perfect, it's kind of that perfect storm of being able to pull, you know, the person close to you in and experience nature. And Sharon, I know what you think about butterflies and they're out in abundance at the moment. So that's got to yes. be a nice yes. addition as well. Well, yeah. thank you for sharing that. I think that that's just a really good reminder how simple it can be, too. So, yeah. With that, we are going to get on with our show. Our guest today is Carol Michaels. Carol is the founder of Recovery Fitness. It's an exercise program developed to improve recovery from cancer surgery and treatments, as well as for osteoporosis. Welcome, Carol. Thanks for joining our show today. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, having me, and I'm so happy to hear that you are taking the time to walk. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Most days, and I'm, I'm proud of that. Yeah, it, it makes me feel better, too, when I do that. I have my dog. I take him for short walks, but they're probably shorter than would be recommended for daily exercise requirement, <laughs> but, but he enjoys it. <laughs> He's little, so that's really a long walk for him. <laughs> so, Carol, um, why don't you tell, take a minute and just tell our audience a little bit about, you know, the work that you do and just kind of let us get to know you just a little bit. Would, would that be all right? Sure. So, I'm an expert. I'm an expert in cancer exercise, and I've been uh, in this field for about 25 years 
and uh, you know, my day-to-day work is with cancer survivors, um, all different types of cancers, but we do have predominantly breast cancer because it is such a, a common uh, cancer and uh, so um, very much improved through exercise. I work with people on a one-to-one basis and in small groups out of my studio. And I've also started programs, cancer exercise programs, in different hospitals throughout New Jersey. I uh, write for different magazines and blogs and newsletters. I uh, have written a book, Exercises for Cancer Survivors, uh, and created several videos. And uh, I also uh, have a course to train other fitness professionals how to work with someone who is recovering from cancer. That's wonderful. You're a very busy woman. and Right. You do it all, it sounds like. Woo-hoo. Obviously quite an expert. So, so how did you get into this line of work? Was there something that happened that kind of put you this direction? or uh, tell, yeah. tell us about that. Well, you know, I was always uh, interested in health and fitness, but, um, you know, unfortunately, um, so many people in my family, mother and father, had cancer and other family members, friends, that I really saw that they had a lot of impairments due to surgery and treatments. And at that time, it was a long time ago, there really was nothing out there to to help them improve their recovery. So, you know, I did a lot of research and uh, worked with several physicians to develop a program that we call the Recovery Fitness Cancer Exercise Program. So basically, um, you know, I, I worked with uh, family members uh, during their recovery and thought that, you know what, we've, we've got to get this out to other people. And, uh, you know, at that time, most people were told, okay, you have cancer, stay in bed, rest, and, uh, you know, that uh, really only led to more problems. And, uh, you know, we just saw that uh, being active in physical activity uh, could be so helpful. So uh, we're glad to get this out, uh, you know, to whoever we can and uh, so thrilled that uh, really it's getting a lot of um, publicity now and the whole field of cancer exercise is just uh, booming. So it's great to see that happen. Well, you know, that's really good too. And, and you know, when you think about the alternative that you were saying that what they used to tell you is just, you know, stay in bed, get plenty of bed rest. The problem with that is what do you... what? is your mind doing when you're laying in bed getting bed rest probably whirling around what's going on in your life and all the negative stuff and and that can't be helpful and I would think any degree of exercise like Sharon said even just going out with her husband for the morning walk or me taking my dog out for a short walk anything that gets you out of that place in your head where you're just spinning on whatever negative is going on in your life I I would think that would be really beneficial, you know, to do yes, that. Yes, absolutely. The, the emotional improvement that you have 
through any type of physical activity can be uh, huge. And, you know, one thing that we see that people are just enjoying are some of our small group programs. And we try to first uh, give everyone a, a very... Uh, very lengthy, several hours specific um, assessments uh, for their uh, you know physical ability and place them in groups with similar uh, goals and similar abilities and just working with other people is just wonderful you know it gets everyone out of their uh, own uh, problems and everyone helps each other we learn from each other uh, so uh, yes just the uh, the emotional improvement of exercise size is very important yeah it seems like you're adding yeah and you're adding that social element it sounds like too which again it's when you isolate yourself oh my gosh that is just not good for us mentally or physically um to to isolate ourselves in our own little cocoon and uh you know obviously when you're just getting you know done with surgery and you're healing and you've got in 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 our situation in our world you know a lot of drains and you know crazy <laughs> things like that you know obviously you're not going to you know get back to your normal exercise routine if if that's what you normally do but just sitting and not moving. In fact, remember Diana said she's our um, office manager here at Breast Friends. <clears throat> she had a hip replacement several years ago, and she, for some reason, you know, um, had one of those weekends where she just kind of did a marathon, you know, watching Netflix or whatever. And she literally could hardly walk on Monday morning when she decided to come back to work. And, you know, <laughs> It's interesting how even just a couple of days of not moving very much can actually affect you in such a detrimental way. Just do an eight-hour road trip. (laughs) Getting out of the car at a rest area after a road trip is hard. Yeah, exactly. Moving only leads to uh, more more physical problems, impairments, and uh, Mm -hmm. and uh, fatigue, and the uh, also the beauty of uh, you know working you know with other people in the same situation as you are is you know if you have lost your hair due to chemotherapy, you know it's a place that you are comfortable exercising exercising without a wig because it can get you know very hot and uncomfortable uh so i think a lot of people uh you know find that very comforting yeah Yeah, so let me ask you a question you know when you work with women who always exercised on a regular basis pre-cancer now it's after cancer is is it can they continue to do what they've always done i mean what what's the problem with that you know once they've gone through cancer can't they just keep doing what they've always been good at so, you know, it's a very complicated question because it really depends on what type of surgery they had, you know, what type of medication and treatments they've had, whether or not they've had uh, radiation, uh, whether or not they've had uh, reconstructive surgery. So it's a, you know, and that's really the most involved question. You know, for some people who might have only had, you know, one lymph node out and uh, a lumpectomy and uh, went in pretty strong, they're not going to uh, have uh, tremendous changes in their exercise routine, you know, unless they've had, uh, you know, some difficulty regaining uh, range of motion or, or other complications. But really, it depends 
on the surgery because uh, some pe- everyone heals differently, and some people are just going to breeze through it, and some people are going to have terrible adhesions causing loss of flexibility. So that's, uh, you know, one thing you're, you know, going to have to really look into. Um, and then if someone has had a, let's say, a tram flap, a reconstructive process where they've taken the rectus abdominis and tunneled it through the body to create a breast mound, and basically the person will not have normal use of their abdominal muscles. If they're used to doing um, you know, various abdominal exercises, they won't be able to do it. They'll have to change their exercise routine. So someone who's had that type of surgery will have to really learn how to strengthen the other muscle groups in the core. So, for example, they'll have to strengthen the obliques on the side of the body. They'll have to strengthen their lower back uh, muscles. A lot of people, because of that surgery, sometimes have lower back uh, pain because uh, the, you know, without a strong core, it puts a lot of uh, pressure on the uh, on the back muscle. So, um, you know, first thing is, you know, what type of surgery did the person have? Right, that makes complete sense. I actually have a neighbor who just finished um, a round of radiation. He had lung he has lung cancer, and unfortunately. <clears throat> It knocked his socks off. I mean, literally, he was the type of guy. He Now, mind you, he's 84, but he's in phenomenal shape, probably healthier from muscular uh, perspective than I am, and uh, goes to the gym all the time. But during this radiation, of course, he did not. And now he's really struggling to get his stamina back. Just even walking around the block is hard for him right now. And so, again, you just have to figure out what is best for you. Now, him going back to the gym is going to be tough because on his psyche as well as his body, because, again, he's taken this long break, but then also... His, um, you know, he's not going to be able to start at that same level of fitness as he is, as as he had before. Right, right. Yeah, radiation, um, you know, for some people can really lead to some extreme fatigue. And uh, for people who've had uh, radiation uh, due to breast cancer, it can cause tightness in that area, causing loss of range of motion and tightness in the chest and shoulder area. And one thing that's important for everyone to understand is, you know, this is something that can kind of linger for a while. So, Mm -hmm. you know, of course, it's important to get into a very good rehabilitative exercise program after radiation, but you know, you shouldn't really stop. You know, you might feel better because if you stop, for some people, it just tightens up once again. So it's good to really continue for a while. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So let me ask a quick question. How's lymphedema, if a person is experiencing lymphedema from surgery or radiation or whatever, is there, should they continue to exercise? Should Should they also modify what they're doing? 
So um, lymphedema, yeah, and that's uh, you know really a very uh, you know complicated field and has uh, been an issue for so long. And there's still so much information we still need to learn about lymphedema. But um, you know, lymphedema, you know, you can have soon after surgery or something that can actually happen 20 years later. You yeah. need to understand if you're at risk for lymphedema, and you definitely need to make modifications to your exercise routine uh, if you have um, high risk or if you currently have lymphedema. That's great. Well, we're going to actually go out to break now. So um, when we come back, I know Sharon had a couple more questions for you, and we'll definitely definitely pick those up on the other side of the break. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. For Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio, visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When a woman is diagnosed with cancer, she faces unique challenges. No one understands this better than the experts at Compass Oncology. Our women's cancer program includes a team of specialists in breast and gynecologic cancers, genetic testing, and the ongoing care of women with high risk factors. From targeted therapies and clinical trials to needed emotional support, Compass is a leader in treating women's cancer. Find out more at compassoncology.com. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking about exercise to improve recovery from cancer with our guest, Carol Michaels. So, Carol, let's go back to some of the side effects that uh, can limit our ability to exercise and maybe what alternatives we can use um, that might be beneficial. Can you kind of go over that? Sure. So, um, you know, for anyone who's uh, undergone chemotherapy, um, there are many 
side effects of which you should be aware, but exercise, the good news is exercise can be helpful. So, for example, um, you know, chemotherapy causes extreme fatigue, and it has been shown that just by even going for a walk, the more you move, that will uh, help with fatigue. Another common side effect is neuropathy, and that just means or can be peripheral neuropathy in the hands or the feet are burning, uh, sometimes uh, uh, the inability to actually feel the feet. And this becomes a uh, big problem. First of all, it's uncomfortable, and second of all, it can, it can affect the, uh, the balance. So um, what we're finding is a lot of people are getting uh, some relief uh, you know, with uh, acupuncture, I should uh, mention. But what's very important um, you know, with uh, exercise is to try to uh, strengthen the uh, muscles in the leg area because this way at least you can keep the legs strong to kind of help make up for the uh, feet or part of the feet that might be somewhat uh, difficult to feel due to the neuropathy. A lot of clients are also feeling that they are getting a lot of relief if uh, they just go on a stationary uh, bicycle. That's been uh, very helpful to a number of people in terms of uh, you know getting uh, a little more sensation in the in the feet, and they. Uh, also uh, just find it relaxing and a safe exercise because they're sitting down and they don't uh, they don't have sense. to uh, worry about their balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. That might be a good alternative for you, Becky, since, you know, you wanted to be a runner and it just didn't I quite know. work out for you, darn it. <laughs> One thing yeah. I've noticed when I go out hiking at all, having a walking stick for me is really important because if I'm walking on gravel or kind of rocks that are a little bit, you know, can throw your balance off, having a walking stick just for that extra support and balance is really helpful to me. Yeah, that makes sense. So the big question is, Carol, how do we begin an exercise program when we are really out of shape and just not feeling the love? (laughs) Just kind of want to sit on the couch. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, I'm not a very athletic person in, in, you know, general terms. Um, I am doing my walks these days, which I feel good about, but... I realize that I really do need more than that. So how do we really begin an exercise program? Right. So there's several ways. Um, You know, some of the hospitals now are starting to have dedicated uh, cancer exercise trainers there to uh, get people started. Uh, For people who don't live near, um, you know, a hospital that provides that or near a um, fitness professional that's trained in this area, they can use, uh, you know, they can use DVDs to see what exercises would be safe and and effective. Generally speaking, you know, after you're able to uh, walk, uh, you know, for 10, 15 minutes, it's a good idea to start using some relaxation breathing techniques 
And then before you do anything, make sure that you have your flexibility back. You know, you want to make sure that you have full use of your body, that there is no problem in the shoulder area. Too many people now are still getting a frozen shoulder after breast cancer surgery, and it can be completely avoidable if soon after surgery you begin doing the proper flexibility exercises. After uh, you're able to make sure you have good use out of uh, you know, the uh, muscles that were affected by the surgery or the radiation, it's very important then to add strength training. And I really can't uh, stress that enough. First of all, um, you know, research has shown that that's been helpful emotionally. Um, because weight gain is such a common issue for breast cancer survivors, strength training rebuilds the muscle that we lose, and muscle is metabolically active. So if we build back muscle through strength training, and I'm talking about gentle strength training, nothing <laughs> intense or crazy heavy weights, that's you know an excellent way of building up muscle. You know that will help with our bone health, increase muscle, increase our metabolism, and um, really has uh, numerous uh, numerous benefits. So a good exercise program consists of aerobic exercise, any exercise that increases your heart rate. So that can be walking, dancing, hiking. Basically, it's the exercise that you like. Like the old question is, what is the best exercise? It's it's the exercise that the person will actually do on a consistent (laughs) basis. Very true. You have to do it. Okay. You're probably not going to do it. After aerobic exercise, you know, uh, adding some relaxation breathing, flexibility work, and strength training, making sure to concentrate on improving balance and posture. That's that's and I'm glad you brought up posture because, of course, with breast cancer patients, especially, um, you you've had that surgery, and I think our tendency is to kind of like slope our shoulders in to kind of protect that area even more so than than normal, and um, again, posture is huge as far as just overall health, and so um, how do we correct that? Yeah, that's an excellent point because postural deviations are so common with uh, breast cancer survivors and actually, uh, sadly, too many uh, adults in the uh, general population just due to our lifestyles with so much computer use and the uh, the texting, which is now called text neck with that head forward uh, <laughs> oh, posture, <dear>. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but particularly for a breast cancer survivor who's had, the, you know, muscles cut and, uh, you know, sometimes with reconstructive um, procedures, there's a lot of tightness. And as you said, there's a protecting of the chest, creating a, a very uh, head forward or kyphosis posture. And, um, and poor posture, not only is not a great look, but more importantly, it leads to neck and back pain. Our head is very heavy. The head weighs about 10 pounds. 
So if you're walking in a forward manner with 10 pounds leaning forward for each pound that we lean forward, it really uh, doubles or triples the amount of pressure on the neck or the cervical spine. So posture must be addressed, and we help uh, people who have poor posture by giving them stretches to loosen the front of the body, the pectoral area, the front of the shoulders, and to strengthen muscles in the back, and that usually uh, does the trick. And, of course, the person, uh, whoever we're working with, must be mindful of their posture throughout the day, you know, because they can work with me, let's say, an hour, a few times a week, but it's what they are going to do the other 23 hours during the day that will really help them get long-lasting improvements in posture. I know. I'm sitting up a little straighter right now. I know, me too. <laughs> you know, throw my head back. And... You know, there's a, there's a problem with being a radio show host. We tend to lean into the microphone. And thank goodness we only do this one day a week because if we did this every day, we could end up really struggling from this. Think about some of the people that have had long-standing shows. For the microphone to be up higher. I don't know. Yeah, but it's true. But you, I think but what you just said is just being aware. And so even though you might work um, with this patient uh, that one hour a week or one hour a day even, um, but it's what you do the rest of the time, you know. Even even my pillow makes a big difference in, right. in my um, – the, the the straightness of my spine and you know how well I sleep and I mean all of that stuff so your posture is hugely important to to all of us um, even without a breast cancer situation but but I guess uh, for us I think it's even more more important so Becky you mentioned something about balance why don't you elaborate about that a little bit and and then maybe Carol can chat about um, ways that we can we can uh, kind of recoup our balance. Yeah, it, you know, it's it's hard. In my situation, my balance is probably mostly thrown off by the fact that in my situation with neuropathy, the bottoms of my feet are numb, so I can't always feel them. Even if I'm just standing perfectly still, sometimes the feeling in the bottom of my feet, I mean, I, I can't even tell that I'm standing on them, which is weird. But then the tops of my toes burn sometimes. So it's like, ah, <laughs> you know. But the problem is when you're wa- just walking along and you you just get this feeling that you're going to fall. And it's, it's an odd thing. Um, my husband and I went to Stone Mountain, Georgia, and we took the tram up to the top. But coming down the mountain, we decided to walk down there's no path. You have to just sort of find your own way to the bottom and there's no rails or anything to hang on to. And I I was at the mercy of the other people that we were with. They kind of took turns holding my hand to help me get down the mountain. And it's not because I'm weak, but I was seriously afraid I was gonna fall. And when you're going downhill mm. especially, mm. you've got the you've got gravity yeah. working it's against you as you. well. <laughs> yeah. So if For you step sure. down and you don't even know you're actually on the step yet and then you know and you're not or you step on it sideways or something I mean it's just it's horrible that's why I do like I said I use a walking stick but I didn't have one in Georgia I had no idea that was going to be a problem but but it's it's a serious issue for a lot of us when we think about going hiking which is so much fun 
but then, you know, you worry about falling and it's, it's not right. that I have fallen. I do everything I can not to because it's really embarrassing. But, um, but yeah, it's a real issue for a lot of us to deal it, with. Normal. It really, uh, it really is. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, especially even people, uh, you know, a lot of the chemotherapies affect balance, the, the surgeries, uh, every, you know, besides even, you know, what someone who has breast cancer goes through, you know, just the aging process, uh, there's some numerous uh, issues and medications that that affect our balance, and it's a, a very, very big problem. So, okay. you know, as soon as we you know work with someone, they we do a balance as, assessment, and you know it's extremely you know challenging you know working you know with people uh, who have uh, very severe neuropathy. But we just try to strengthen the core because a strong core affects balance. We really you know oftentimes just think of having you know strong legs, but the core. Also, is if we keep that strong, you know, there will be some improvements, and then basically a whole series of uh, various balance exercise, uh, leg lifts, and uh, uh, different uh, grapevine and different stepping patterns, uh, where we have seen uh, improvement in balance. But that is, you know, still a uh, a huge uh, a huge challenge. And I look forward to the day where there are medications developed uh, that are not causing that side effect. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, and and I know weight gain is a huge problem. So, um, I know I gained 25 pounds um, throughout my chemotherapy. And in, in the 11 months, I was actually off work. I couldn't literally fit into anything to go back <laughs> to work. And I didn't do, it didn't feel like I did anything differently other than the chemo threw me into menopause. So, my body was different. My hormones were different. Um, yeah, that is crazy making for me. It was for me. Yeah. It's one of the most common problems, you know, that, along with fatigue. And it's very, very, very frustrating uh, for, for most people. Because as you said, you know, some people do get thrown into an early menopause. So, you know, it affects the uh, estrogen levels, um, you know, which, uh, you know, when people go into menopause, they're going to uh, typically gain weight, you know, and here we have, you know, people, uh, young people in their 30s or 40s uh, being thrown into an early menopause, and um, a lot of uh, the typical, uh, most common breast cancer is estrogen-based, so, you know, they're given uh, estrogen-reducing medications to... uh, uh, you know, keep the uh, cancer away and decrease the risk of it coming back, and uh, that uh, the unfortunately the hormonal therapies uh, add to weight gain. So I would say that you know, working with thousands of people through the years, you know, I'd say you know probably ninety percent of them that have had hormonal based breast cancer uh, did uh, have weight gain, um, but. Uh, the good news is that if you do make sure to add strength training to your exercise routine to help uh, rebuild muscle and increase metabolism, it's um, you know something that can be kept under control. It takes it's it's a big effort and it's very frustrating, uh, you know, for people who are who are uh, suffering with the weight gain. A lot of people feel they uh, that they feel their body has changed or they're you know they haven't they're not eating more. 
so you know it's it's a huge effort in terms of exercise and uh, nutrition to try to uh, prevent or lose the weight that they've gained due to the uh, hormonal therapy. Mm-hmm. Let me let yeah. me ask a question on the weight gain thing because I know um, for a lot of women, I mean, just battling the cancer, you know, cancer, whatever it is, or whatever your particular circumstances are, just battling cancer can be extremely. Um, you know, it can lead a person to getting depressed. And then, of course, mm-hmm. you add weight gain on top of it, and that adds to the depression. And for a lot of people, and myself included, when I'm feeling sad about something or bored, I'm sad and bored. When I'm mad, I clean my house, so I, that's better. <laughs> but but when, I'm, when I'm sad or I'm upset, I mean, you know, kind of just feeling all of that, my solution is comfort food. I mean, who doesn't like a good old bowl of mac and cheese, you know, when you're feeling like that? But then you <laughs> gain weight from that, and then you get more depressed. And so... It, can exercise help that, or is that someone who should go to counseling? Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, counseling, it can be uh, always helpful. But, um, yeah, I know exercise has been proven to decrease anxiety and depression. I mean, it's just like a cure-all, really, for everything. I always feel like I'm talking my book, but, you know, so many people will say, you know what, I was feeling lousy, you know, I came to your class, you know, I feel better. I went out for a brisk walk, you know, I, I, I feel better. So, you know, I usually, you know, recommend that, you know, everyone every day, you know, try to get some physical activity into your uh, you know, daily routine because it does decrease depression, stress, and, uh, and, and anxiety. And, um, and again, you know, the uh, group programs are uh, just so wonderful because even for people who don't like exercise, and most people don't really like exercise, <laughs> but a lot of people that come to, to the class will go, well, you know, I really just came, you know, I want to see my friends. I want to hear about, you know, what's the best book out there, the most uh, interesting movie, the best restaurant. And then, you know, they're not feeling great. They get into it and they leave and they really Really, you know, be, be, you know, with the social uh, power of you know just being in a, uh, a group of their friends and moving around, it, it really, it really does wonders. So, uh, I've um, seen some wonderful yeah. results. Good. Well, we're going to actually go out to break, so we'll be back in a minute. Stay tuned. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. For Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio, visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. 
When a woman is diagnosed with cancer, she faces unique challenges. No one understands this better than the experts at Compass Oncology. Our Women's Cancer Program includes a team of specialists in breast and gynecologic cancers, genetic testing, and the ongoing care of women with high risk factors. From targeted therapies and clinical trials to needed emotional support, Compass is a leader in treating women's cancer. Find out more at compassoncology.com. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking about exercise to improve recovery from cancer with our guest, Carol Michaels. So let's do a little shifting gears a little bit because, again, um, with uh, anti-estrogen drugs and things like that, uh, osteoporosis is a real problem for many of our, our patients or survivors. And uh, so let's talk about who's at risk and how exercise can really help with osteoporosis. So uh, osteoporosis is loss of bone density and uh, increases susceptibility to fracture. And you might hear the term osteopenia. It's just the precursor to osteoporosis. And um, one out of every two women over the age of 50 uh, has some type of bone loss. And this number really even increases more for breast cancer patients. And uh, as we mentioned earlier, people are thrown into uh, early menopause. And uh, when we have less estrogen in the body, that affects our bone density. So anyone who uh, has breast cancer should have a bone density test to make sure that they don't have osteoporosis and osteopenia. And if they do, they have to really understand which exercises are safe and which ones could actually cause fractures. Mm. Ooh, good good, good, to, good know. to know, yeah, yeah, for sure. So how would we go about finding that out? Well, they uh, can talk to me <laughs> or uh, hopefully uh, whatever, uh, whoever they are uh, working with that is trained in cancer and or osteoporosis exercise. Um, just generally as a rule of thumb, any type of forward bending would be a problem because uh, the uh, front part of the spine is a softer bone, and when you're bending forward, there's actually kind of bone and bone in the front part of the spine, which cause someone to self-fracture. So someone who has osteoporosis should not do any type of movement where they're just touching their toes with a rounded back or an abdominal crunch because you're leaning forward with Mm -hmm. the uh, back rounded. So any type of forward bend uh, could be very dangerous. And the type of exercise that you need to do 
would be something that would either be weight-bearing, which is any type of walking or any kind of dancing, anything where your feet are on the ground, and um, for those that are perhaps a little younger or with the uh, permission of uh, their medical professional, jumping has been also uh, been found to be very effective uh, for bone health. The um, other uh, exercise that's extremely important is strength training. So as I mentioned earlier, not only will you increase muscle mass, but it also helps bone density. Oh, that's good to know. That's great. And so Pilates and yoga, are they in the helpful category then for for our patients? So Pilates uh, is helpful in many ways, and I, um, you know, do uh, I am teaching uh, Pilates uh, for cancer as well. And Pilates is excellent in that the breathing techniques are very good for stress reduction. But a good number of the typical traditional Pilates exercises must be modified because a lot of them are done uh, in forward flexion or the like the head uh, way off uh, the floor. So if you're participating in a Pilates uh, class or a private session, you must let uh, the instructor know that you have osteoporosis so they can make modifications. And the same thing sense. applies to yoga because yoga is wonderful for stress reduction and stretching, but you are also uh, put into some positions which would be considered unsafe. So you must uh, you know, m- mention to the instructor to give you modifications for osteoporosis. Good. So that makes sense that you would find out, number one, if you have the the, the problem to begin with, and right. then modify the exercises as appropriate um, for your particular personal situation. So Pilates and yoga are helpful in general for most of us, but again, if you're dealing with the osteoporosis, then it makes sense to be able to modify those things. Okay, good. Right, absolutely, uh, absolutely modify. And I should mention, you know, so many people really enjoy swimming, which is a fantastic uh, heart-healthy exercise and great for anyone with arthritis, but for osteoporosis, it's not very effective because it's not weight bearing. You're just in the oh, water, yeah, so that's true. you know if that's a concern, you know, just uh, unfortunately, that will not be very helpful. That's okay. not harmful. It's no. just not helpful. Right. Exactly. Right. It just yeah. isn't doing the bone building we want to do yeah. uh, if you're Correct. kind of have that propensity. Okay. So let me ask you a question, and I, I don't I don't want to run out of time in this segment because eventually we want to get to your book and hear more about that. But um, I want to ask you about strength training because I've heard a lot of people over my years of living have said, I don't want to do strength training because I don't want to come out looking like a man and get all muscular. And that I've never experienced that personally, what it would be like to be, <laughs> because I'd, maybe I don't lift enough weights. But So how do you start a weight-bearing or weight-lifting program? Okay, so it's very important to start slowly and progress slowly, and especially if you are at risk for lymphedema. So if you've had lymph nodes removed, you must, even though perhaps you might have been using very heavy weights in your routine, um, after surgery and lymph nodes are removed, you really just start from the beginning and slowly go back to uh, 
you know, your, uh, you know, what you were doing, but start with one or two pound weights. And, you know, you do that for a certain amount of time. You would then add another pound slowly, add more repetitions slowly, but you would never just come back out of uh, surgery and treatment and go back to exactly what you were doing. You just start from the beginning. And that's one of the most frustrating things for cancer survivors. You just want to get back to what you were doing, but you just have to be patient and you'll get there. Yeah. Okay. That makes makes sense. sense. So for flexibility, I'm going to guess that weight training would also help with some degree of flexibility. Are there other things that we can do? So the most important thing to improve your flexibility is to do the stretches in the area that's tight. So, for example, uh, many people have trouble lifting their arm, so we'll do a lot of what's called shoulder flexion exercises. Sometimes we'll use a stretch band and lift both arms up and down. We do uh, various door stretches, and there's probably about uh, 50 uh, stretches that we use uh, to help people improve their flexibility after uh, after having breast cancer. And it's important to do these stretches almost daily. Again, you know, you can work with your uh, physical therapist or fitness professional several times a week. But if first, you know, if you ha- have extreme loss of range of motion, you try to learn things that you can do on your own to really get a great result. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. good. That and sense. again, just reminding our, our audience, if you have osteoporosis and you're working on your flexibility, you don't want to be doing a lot of forward, head down kind of things because that hurts the back. So you could flex backwards, I'm guessing, or can you flex sideways? So uh, you can definitely uh, you know, do any type of what they call back extension. You know, when you're lying on your back and you're lifting your upper body off the floor, so back extension is is safe, but going the other way, lying on your back and going into sort of like an abdominal crunch, would mm-hmm. uh, would not be considered safe. Okay. Okay. So let, let me ask you. I mean, this this is a relatively, as far as I'm concerned, a new topic. I mean, not exercise. Exercise been, I mean, there have been exercise gurus around for a million years, but when it comes to exercise and cancer. Is this a common thing? I mean, I know you're in you're in New Jersey, right? is that right? That's correct. Yes. Okay. So we know that for people in your area that might be listening to this show, they can connect up with you. But we have listeners all over the globe. So how can they? Um, how can a person find a a, a cancer exercise type program in their community? Is there, is there a, a right. list so or an association? First, uh, I would say step one would be you check for, you know to check with your doctor or oncologist and see if there is anything at your hospital. So that would be step one. Uh, unfortunately, you know, we're trying to get this changed, but not every hospital really does have a dedicated uh, mm-hmm. cancer exercise program. So the next step would be, is there a facility in the area that is offering this? Is it a private gym? Is it a uh, community center? You know, can you find uh, someone who is... Uh, a cancer exercise trainer, and it's very important that this person have a lot of experience. So you really don't want to go to any, you know, basic exercise program, you know, if you are suffering from some of the side effects of surgery and treatment, 
and work with someone who's not knowledgeable about uh, about this area because uh, some some of the cardi- some of the uh, treatments can affect cardio health and you need to be really followed uh, in a cardiac rehab program so you know something really to discuss uh, you know with your doctor to see if uh, there is a uh, recommended program in your area if that's not the not the case um, I uh, you know do have videos that I've made and a lot of people in areas that don't have uh, programs you know do find them uh, to be very helpful because they can just follow along and those are all the uh, safe exercises uh, oh, that's great uh, for cancer and very easy to follow good well with that because we are almost out of time that's a great segue into tell us about your book and how our listeners can get a copy and I'm guessing they can probably watch the videos from the same spot so why don't you take a a couple minutes and just talk about your book and then we're going to keep the last two for us so okay so uh, I have a book called exercises for cancer survivors and you can find that book either (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> on uh, my website, which is carolmichaelsfitness.com, or you can find it on uh, on Amazon. And uh, the book will talk about a lot of the side effects and some of the things that you might be under feeling and not really uh, understanding clearly. And everything is written uh, very succinctly and clearly uh, for anyone. You don't need to uh, have a uh, health or medical background to uh, uh, get something out of the book. And at the end, there are numerous exercises to help you with any issues that you might have in flexibility, balance, posture, and there are many strength training exercises that you could uh, read about that are very easy to follow. Excellent. Well, you know, this has really been an amazing uh, excerpt of our of our program, and I really appreciate you, Carol, for taking time to come on the show today. So just to remind people to find out more about you, they go to Carol Michaels Fitness. Dot com, and then they can learn about your book. And you did you, you said the book's available on Amazon. Did I hear you say that? That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Thank good. You. So we really recommend to our listeners that you you go online, grab that book because it sounds like it's got just some really great information. So thank you for giving up some time of your day today to be on the air with us. We really appreciate it. So for the rest of thank our you. listeners who are listening to us, if you or a loved one need any of our services through Breast Friends, please visit breastfriends.org. We've got a great website with a lot of good information. There's a a special section for the patients and there's a special section for um, the caregivers who just are looking for information and help. Um, Also on that website, you can go online and make a donation. There's a big blue button at the top and that donation helps us keep this program going as well as some of our other things. And with that, we will be back next week. Until then, remember, there is always hope and we're here to help you find it. For listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Sharon Hennepin and Becky Olson again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. There is always hope and we'll help you find it. We'll talk again next time.